everyone this evening, all of our guests. We're so thrilled to have you this evening. Thank you for, for being with us tonight. Those of you that are watching us online, if you're watching on us online and you're a part of Antioch Central, and if you want to go ahead and be a part of this, you can just email me and uh, tell me what, what pledge you want to make. Um, we, we just heard about a church in South Carolina. They actually, the pastor and his family come to pause. They're a newer church, and uh, they, they, they raise over the next little while. They've got commitments for over, I think it's over $300,000, if I'm not mistaken. You and I aren't the source. We're just the conduit. The problem is sometimes we want to be the conduit, but when it starts flowing through us, we get sticky fingers. You can't outgive God. I'm a witness tonight, and there's others here that are witnesses that you cannot outgive God. Amen. Oh, yeah, I was welcoming guests and those online. If you want to commit to be a part as well, uh, you can just, again, send an email and um, we, we will include that. Amen. Praise God. Everybody that's uh, wanted to be a part, got one. All right. I'm on a, man, we hardly ever show a video in church, much less more than one. So uh, before I preach, I'll share this with you. Do you want me to look at you guys or the camera? Okay, okay. You know, being a Christian, it's it's not always easy. The things that I've been through, um, they're they're hard to talk about. My life has been constant persecution. Yeah, this is this is the first time I've had to talk about this, so I don't know. I'm just kind of nervous. It's a lot. Mm. <sighs> okay. I mean, choosing to live for God, there's there's consequences no one tells you about. The first time I realized I was under persecution was June of 2017. I walked in the church and it was, it was freezing. I asked them what the temperature was and they said it was 71. I asked them to raise it up to something a little warmer and they wouldn't. Sorry. Ugh. I remember walking into the sanctuary um, on a Sunday morning and some family, some family, some st stupid family uh, was sitting in my spot, the spot I've been sitting in for years. And so I had to, 
I looked around. I had to find some other spot. I had to sit in some other chair. It was awful. And then just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, um, I was handed uh, communion bread. And it was stale. It was awful. It tasted like cardboard. And I look at the label, and it's not even dairy and gluten-free. This was after I already ate it. And the thing is, I'm not allergic, but I could have been. You know, I'm just eating. I could have been. Just last week, I wasn't greeted when I walked through the doors, walked into church. We, we started worshiping, and I looked at the screen. I, I couldn't read the words. The, the text was too small. Like, I've got, I'm not perfect 2020. One of my eyes is, like, it, I got a headache. I came to worship, and it's just not possible. How am I supposed to worship if I can't even read the words on the screen? So his sermon goes long. All my friends are already at Applebee's. All the appetizers are gone. I missed the kickoff. (laughs) They want me to pay full price for my entree? I show up here every Sunday. They forgot to put my birthday in the bulletin. They put some new guy who's been here for, what, three months? Oh, he's in there, but not me. My family is all dressed up, and we stop when we get in to take a photo together. That's a really pretty photo booth. But then I open Instagram to take a photo, and it won't load because the Wi-Fi is too slow. I just don't know if I can be in a place where I'm convicted all the time. I sneezed, and they just said, bless you. They just took God out of bless you program times during the week don't fit my kids sports schedule it's happy holidays where's the christmas a sunrise service are you kidding me who does that i bring my kids to youth group i go play poker i come back i expect the youth pastor i mean the fact that they took christ my kids still don't know jesus i I like what is he doing that's his fault oh and get this we have golf carts to you know pick people up in parking lots guy picks up a newcomer instead of me been coming here for I don't know, six months? This can't go on. This is... take you to an obscure scripture, one of those hidden gems, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13, there's a lot of sarcasm floating around here right now if you didn't notice. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be good? Wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and 
to be trodden underfoot of men. I want to preach to you tonight from this verse on this subject, God's currency. God's currency. Lord, I see, I feel, I believe that we are in one of those seasons where there is something divine happening. There's some evidences that I'm seeing. There's some testimonies that I'm hearing, God, that are witnesses. But I'm believing that we're not almost through the season. We're not even in the middle of it, God. There's a work that you've, you're just beginning. I thank you, God, for what's happened the past few Sunday nights. I thank you for the work you've done. But I pray that you would continue tonight. Give us hearts that are open to receive, hearts that are good ground for the seed of your word, that you might do in us tonight what you desire. Father, I yield myself again to you tonight. Trust and pray that you would allow me to be a conduit through which you could speak. Trust you for your anointing tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I've had that. I don't save text, as I said recently, but I've had a text with that video for months and months and months. And I thought, you know, that might work for tonight. Because more than likely, by the time we get done, you're going to wonder, where did the humor go? Not necessarily in a bad way, but I, I, I want to remind you, and I know you've now heard these verses two Sunday nights in a row, Thursday night, a couple of weeks ago. And, but I, I, I want to remind you of it again, that he said that you and I are the salt. You and I are the salt. The problem is this, kind of in line with that video too many of us have developed the mentality of rather than us being the salt, what we are doing here and what this is all about is the salt. Meaning that all of this is just intended to enhance the flavor of our lives as much as we want. Anybody ever put too much salt on something? You can't undo too much salt. Yesterday we were at a wedding reception and, and, and I was putting dressing on my salad and I, I had a brain, I've actually had a bunch of brain freezes the last several weeks. Please pray for me. I got a frantic call on uh, Tuesday morning. My phone was on vibrate and all of a sudden I hear the find my phone sound going off on my phone, and at the same time, my wife's name is on my phone for a phone call. I was dead asleep, and I'm, I totally got my bearings lost, and I, I finally figured out there was a call, even though it was the find my phone sound, and I answered the call, and it was my wife, and her, and Esther, and Jalen were on the way to the airport, to come to Mississippi for our apostolic conference, and I had booked the tickets, and I had made the reservation for Esther Wright. 
So that was one of a number of, thankfully they got it all worked out at the airport and it, so I, I've, I've had a couple of mess ups. Um, and why was I telling you all of that? Oh yes, I was, I was, I was putting my, my dressing on my salad and somehow it just wasn't computing the way the pouring position was of this ladle. And I'm trying to stop it, and the more I'm trying to stop it, the more that's flowing and 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 pouring on. You you, I like dressing, but I really don't quite like my salad baptized by immersion in dressing. I I like it more so sprinkled when it comes to to my dressing. And um, uh, and 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 you know when you get too much, and, and some of us, this is Sunday night, folks. I know some of you came to be, you know, cuddled and coddled. You should have been here this morning. It was that was this morning. At least I think it was this morning. I, I'm I'm here because we we got to get this right, folks. There is a world that is desperate for the church to get this right. And, and, and the church has, has gotten into this mentality that he's the salt. This is the salt. I mean, I, I want church. I want people from church in my life. But I, I want them in, in certain doses. He did not say he was the salt. He did not say that all of this was the salt. He said that you and I are the salt. Paul said it this way when it comes to, uh, and I think in alignment with this in Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. That you present your bodies. What Paul is saying there is I am appealing to you to give every single part of you to God. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's not unreasonable for God to expect you to give everything you've got to Him. It's it's not unreasonable for God to expect you to put everything on the altar. It's unreasonable for us to expect that after He gave everything for us that we only want to give Him a portion back. How in the world we could receive the gift that He gave of coming to this earth and walking on this earth and dying on a cross for our salvation and then all we want to do is give back a little bit of us? I, I, I'm so I'm so troubled by the number of Christians that 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 you know I I know I'm gonna get on some sacred ground for some of you, but I don't think there was anything wrong about the way it used to be that Sundays were viewed as being sacred. I don't think there was anything wrong that in my lifetime malls weren't open on Sunday and it wasn't just Chick-fil-A that wasn't open on a Sunday. It was a lot of other things and it was, and, and, and they didn't have sports leagues on Sundays because that was the Lord's day. But now the world puts anything on Sundays, but it's not just the world that lets stuff happen on Sundays. It's now the supposed Christians that want to just sprinkle in a little bit of Jesus. 
I beseech you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. All of you, not just a part of you. And some of us, we, we're actually okay with giving Him Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday night, and, 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 and maybe a couple hours also throughout the week, but we still got the rest. That's not what being salt is. That's not what being light is. That's not what being a living sacrifice is. Being a living sacrifice is not just what you do on Sunday night for a couple of hours, but being a living sacrifice is when you get up tomorrow morning and you start your week and you're heading to work and some of you in a couple of weeks will be heading to school. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week realizing that you are the number one priority of my life. Everything I do revolves around you. You don't revolve around me, Jesus. I revolve around you. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end. It's it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you I'm sorry for everything I've made it because it's all about you we've been going as most of you know Bishop's been preaching in Mississippi at Apostolic Conference I think it's 30 years now it hasn't always been called Apostolic Conference but it's what preceded that and now Apostolic Conference 30 years and 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 since our kids were, were were really young we started going and many of those years all of us have gone and some years a portion of us have gone and and the last couple of years it's kind of a you know it's some go, some stay home or are unable to go for various reasons. But but one of but 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 for several the past several years, the one of the highlights, I mean there there's there there's a couple of there's a couple of reasons I go. First and foremost, it's spiritual. But the number two reason right behind that, there probably should be a little more little more space, Brother Barr, but the second reason right behind going for the spiritual reasons, you know, if you know anything about me, you know how much I love Marilyn with everything in me. But I'm just going to tell you, and it's, it's in my blood, it's in my roots, they just, it just, I've been in Mississippi all week, so pardon me, there just ain't nothing like Southern cooking. I'm sorry. I, I love crab cakes, and crab cakes are one of my favorite. but you just can't. And for all you health folks, don't, you, you don't even go. There ain't no point in going. I'm talking about fried catfish, fried chicken, fried pickles. If you've never had fried pickles, yeah, I, don't, I don't really like pickles a whole lot either, but I'm going to tell you, you... So that, that's the second reason. It's, it's, it's the spiritual manna first. It's the bread of life first, but there's a, there's a, and sweet tea. Let me tell you something. The only thing in a restaurant, not, not at home, the only thing in a restaurant in this area that I know of that comes anywhere close to southern sweet tea. Anybody want to take a wild guess? Aha. How about that? Mission barbecue. My family ended up at two different restaurants today. I don't understand how. Because for the last month and a half, I haven't eaten at Mission Barbecue. I've been out of town. I've been to Excellence. And, and, and maybe too soon, sorry. I'm just kidding. But the third reason 
was Steinmark. It's kind of like Marshalls and TJ Maxx, but it's not Marshalls and TJ Maxx. And I think it may have been last year, if I'm not mistaken. I always save a little bit of cash. I even keep birthday money from the previous year in my pocket for 10 months because of Steinmark. What's it called on uh, Madam Blueberry? Stuff Mart. Stuff Mart. That's kind of like Steinmark. Because they got some really cool shirts for a really cheap price. They call them preacher shirts. You know those ones that have the different material on the inside of the cuff? Yeah. I mean, they're, the, the tag says they're like $90, $100 shirts, and they got them for like 20 25 bucks. I like getting something like that for a real cheap price. Because I'm not interested in paying full price. I, I, I like to get it for the, the price I want to pay. I, 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 I like to just walk through Nordstrom Rack every now and then. The problem with Nordstrom Rack, their sale price is still at the price of that other stuff. Anybody like seeing that this is what the, this is what it's supposedly worth, but this is what you paid? Any, anybody else like that? I, I know we got some proudful folks. You like paying full price, but for the rest of us, we, we like to see that difference between what it's supposed to cost and what we got it for. We, we like to go tell everybody about the deal. Well, let me tell you something. First and foremost, there is no reduced price salvation. There is no bargain price for salvation. And if somebody's trying to sell you salvation for a price that's less than full price, you might want to hold on because it may sound like a good deal, but what you're going to find out maybe too late is the only way to get real salvation is you got to pay full price. But not only is salvation that way, if you want to be a part of the kingdom and you want God to use you, there are no Steinmark ministries for sale. There are no Steinmark callings for sale where there's a price that it's supposed to be, but you're going to get it for a cheap price. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm okay. I'm not here to preach to everybody tonight. And so if you just want to sit there and listen, that's okay. I'm not going to be bothered. But I believe in my heart there's going to be, it may be just a nucleus but I believe there's going to be some people in this place tonight some of you it's not it's not going to be a first time commitment you've already made but it it may be a renewed commitment but I've come to preach to some people tonight as a part of Antioch Central being salt and light it's not something we do for some cheap bargain price it's supposed to cost us everything as has been said many times salvation is free but discipleship will cost you everything if any man's going to come after me if any man wants to follow me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me it's a scary thing when you're trying to sell a salvation that doesn't start with denial Because at some point you're going to have to deny yourself. And you might as well do it from the beginning and not try to do it somewhere down the road. I preached a message with a title similar to this years ago. But but I woke we, we, we got home really late. 
Friday night, actually Saturday morning, and we had a deacon Zoom call, and then we went to a wedding yesterday and some other things, and, and it was a full day, and I never got a nap, and I'm 50 years old now, and naps are a really important thing, and, and I never got one, and I laid down last night, I was in the bed by 9, and, and I'm one of those people that most nights I lay down in five minutes, I'm, I'm gone, I'm knocked out. I laid down at nine and I, I, I turned and tossed and, and I tried to, I tried, you're asleep, you're asleep, you're asleep, you're asleep, you're asleep, you are asleep, you're, and, 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 and I hear my wife coming out of the room, you're asleep, you're asleep, and I'm, and, and, but then about 2 a.m., man, God, we can have some great conversations 2 p.m., I don't know what the problem with that is. I, there, there's several things, and I'm not going to tell you each one of them as I share them, but there was, there, there's, a, there's, there's a number of these things I'm, I'm sharing tonight at about 2 a.m. this morning, and, and, and I've, learned, I've learned a lesson. <laughs> I've learned it the hard way. When he drops that stuff in my spirit in the middle of the night, I can tell myself all I want to. I'll remember it when I get up in the morning. Unfortunately, there have been too many times I did that, and I got up, and I have racked my, I have prayed. I, God, I know, God, and I, so I reached over and got my phone and started typing. And, and I, I, I preached a message years ago with a title similar to this, but it, it just hit me again last night. There, there, there's too many people that want a Lamborghini ministry on a Toyota Corolla budget. No offense if you drive a Corolla, but that's not a Lamborghini. And the reason you're driving the Corolla and not the Lamborghini because you can't afford the, the Lamborghini. How many of us are trying to find, oh, Jesus, help me tonight. How many of us are trying, there's a bunch of you here tonight that you believe, and I believe, I agree with you, you're called. You believe you're called, and I agree, but you just haven't made up your mind yet. Am I willing for it to cost me what it's going to cost me for God to do through me what He wants to do through me? And you're just trying to sprinkle in a little bit of salt here and there to flavor what your life is. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're going to get all that God has and God's going to do everything through you He wants to do, it's going to take you not letting Him be your salt, but you being the salt. And whenever He wants to shake the shaker, that's His prerogative. Wherever He wants to pour, if He just wants to take a pinch out every now and then, then let Him take a pinch out. But God, if you want to grab the whole shaker and turn me upside down and pour me out, then God, do whatever you want to do with me, through me, however, whenever, wherever... Redemption, redemption is, it's an underlying, I probably, I think I probably, all you Bible scholars, I think I probably really would be more accurate to say that redemption is really the underlying. But it's definitely an underlying theme from Genesis to Revelation. It's really the primary thing. It's really all about what we're here. God came to this earth for redemption, to, to, to get back what was lost. The word redeem means to buy back. To buy back. The word redeem is to buy back. Something that's been stolen, taken, you redeem it, you buy it back. And I'm here tonight in the context of this message 
hear me please, in the context of this message, I'm here tonight to tell you that you and I are the currency that God uses for redemption. I know that the price that was paid for it, I know all that is, you know, blood of Jesus, all that. I'm not preaching about that part of it. I'm telling you in the context of this message, you and I are the currency for redemption. I'm not going to re-preach last Sunday night, but I, I shared with you last Sunday night there was a point in time where salt was used for currency. I read to you last Sunday night there was a point in time where ounce for ounce gold and salt were considered to be the same value. Brother Barr looked it up. Right now, I think you said an ounce of salt is like $3 and something. An ounce of gold is now $1,700. That's a big difference. But at one point, salt and gold, ounce for ounce, were equal. I wonder if we're trying to buy the world now with a bunch of gold. Because gold glitters and gold is more appealing and, 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 and gold is more exciting. But, but God's still going back to salt. I'm not going to use gold. I want to use salt. I'm going to use salt as the currency that I buy back what was taken, what was stolen. But here's the problem. Are you willing to be spent... Are you spendable? Are you currency that God can decide when, where, how He spends it? Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 15, listen to what he says. It's almost going to sound like the same thing, but but it's really not. He says, I will very gladly spend... I will very gladly spend and be spent. The Amplified Bible says it this way, I will most gladly spend myself and be utterly spent for your souls. Here's the problem with, the, with, with that. And the reason why Paul said both things, because I determine what I spend. I'm in control of what I spend. So when Paul says, I'm willing to spend, what he's saying is, I'm willing to gladly give of what I am, what I have. I'm willing. But then he goes on to say, I'm not just willing to spend because that's in my control. I'm willing to be spent because that's not in my control. I'm I'm not here trying to shoot at anybody. And let me just say what I'm about to say. If any one of you think that I've got to, I'm shooting at you. I promise you that I'm saying this because it's more, I wish I was just shooting at one person. But before God, hand on the Bible, what I'm about to say, it's more than just one person. I've, I've never seen so much in my lifetime where we dictate the terms of ministry. I've never seen so. I'm sorry, but you're not on the altar. You're not a living sacrifice if you're giving all the prerequisites to what you're going to do and not going to do. Oh, you may be spending, but you're not being spent. 
Paul says, I'm not just going to give as I decide, what I de- how much I decide, but I'm giving up control and I'm going to let the Lord do with me how, when, where, what. And if that means He gives it all away and there's nothing left, so be it. I'm willing to spend and I am willing to be spent. You know what, there's so many that could be given, but just one example that pops into mind of, of, of what that's like. I, I, I've, I've retold this, and, but it wasn't until just a couple of years ago that I heard Brother Grossbach tell the story. Some of you old-timers may have known this, but I had never heard this before. But, but years ago, he, uh, b- before they went to Africa, and he decided he wanted to get his pilot's license and all of that, and instead of going to Bishop, and, say, and he worked at the church at the time, I think it's uh, pretty sure. And instead of going to Bishop Wright and saying, hey, Bishop, listen, I, I, I'm getting ready, you know, working on getting ready for Africa, and I think it'd be great if I got my pilot's license. Uh, I, I was wondering if you would be willing for the church to help me. I, I am pretty sure that conversation never happened because I know Bishop pretty well. I know him better than all of you. I'm sorry. And, and knowing Bishop, it would have been an absolute yes. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just, I'm just telling you that's. But he went and got a second job as a security guard. If you never heard this story, you, listen to me. He went and got a, got a second job as a security guard. Uh, I, I know we got a few guests tonight. I'm not preaching to you, so please. I mean, if you want to be challenged, that's fine. But I, 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 I'm, I am preaching to some church folks tonight. And I'm about to preach to you. He'd go on Saturday night. brother. Do you remember that, Brother Bishop? Y'all probably knew it all from the beginning. He'd go work Saturday nights as a security guard. All night Saturday. And come to church Sunday morning, most of the time, not just himself, but bringing guests. I remember the way he told it, most of the time he was going straight from that job to church. No nap. Probably shouldn't say this. It might be a little bit in the flesh, so I acknowledge that. Some of y'all can't, some of you leaders can't get to church on time to save your life. You know what? You're, you're willing to spend. You're willing to spend, but are you willing to be spent? I'm not, I'm, oh. I'm not. I'm not for putting church ahead of of of, of family and ministry. Doesn't it's God family ministry. But then there are some times though when when those priorities overlap some, and you gotta you, you gotta you gotta balance some things. He, Brother Grossbach wasn't just willing to spend. Only eternity. I don't don't say this to be dramatic. I don't say it lightly. Only eternity will truly reveal the impact that brother and sister Grossbach made on the continent of Africa. 
only eternity. The people that got the Holy Ghost, why they were there, now that, that's not the full measurement. But they didn't get there because they were on a Corolla budget ministry path. They got there because they were willing to be a living sacrifice. They were willing for it not to just cost them something, but for it to cost them everything. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be somebody that is willing to spend, but I want to be somebody that gives up control and allows Allows him to spend me. Spend me. We're not going to reach the world that we have a responsibility to reach in the condition that it's in if all we're willing to do is just to spend. I'm going to say it again. I said it a moment ago. Some of you I'm preaching to tonight, you're already spending and being spent. But, but don't, don't think for one moment you don't need to be challenged from time to time. And you don't need to be stirred up from time to time to make sure that you're back on the altar and you're not taking control of anything. That, that surrender is not a one-time thing. The altar is not a one-time visit. The altar ought to be someplace that you visit all the time. In fact, you They didn't get to the Shekinah glory all the time they came in the tabernacle. But every time you came into the tabernacle, you had to stop at the altar. How amazing is it? We've gotten so used because when Jesus died, the veil was rent. And there was no more barrier to the presence. And so now we come, oh God help me. Now we come and go freely to the presence of God and we bypass the altar because there's now been a way made just because you all and we all can get to the presence doesn't mean we're supposed to avoid the altar here I am Lord once again, I know I gave myself to you yesterday, but here I am again. I know I sacrificed myself a couple of weeks ago, but here I am again. I, I know I told you a couple of months ago you were in control, but here I am again. I'm spending, but I want you to spend. Scripture says I die daily. And I'm going to tell you because I've done it. I'm not shooting at you. I've done it. Boy, it's easy to get on the altar on Sunday night. Man, it's easy to get on the altar on Sunday night when the Holy Ghost is moving and the Word is working in your heart and spirit. It's easy to get on the altar here. But it's not quite as easy to stay on the altar tomorrow. And it's not quite as easy on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. and But, but, but it's a daily thing. I'm here to tell you tonight, I believe with all of my heart, there are people in this place tonight that what God has planned to do through you in these last days is exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. If God told you what He was going to do, if God showed you what He was going to do through you, you wouldn't believe it because it seems so big. You wouldn't believe it because you don't think you're capable. But I'm here to tell you tonight... I believe it with all of my heart. There are people in this place tonight that what God has called you to in these last days is going to absolutely be exceeding abundantly above. But you're not going to get there trying to get a Steinmark bargain with your consecration and your dedication. You're going to have to spend, but you're going to have to be spent. 
you, I, you, and I are, we are, we are the salt. We're not just salt when we're here together. We're not just salt when we congregate together. We are salt wherever we go, whatever we're doing. We are, we are supposed to be the salt. I was, I was brother, brother Vernell Spriggs was junior was was sharing. I think it was in my office before service. I think he always comes in and checks on me, and makes sure everything's all right. And he was he was sharing and and sharing that God had been dealing with him months ago about about salt and light and just some of the some of the changes in in his approach and he owns his own business and his interaction with his customers and rather than just trying to hurry up and make the transaction and get them on their way he's he's starting to be more not that he wasn't before but more focused on being salt and and, and it really hit me this morning when he said that I think I said it last Sunday night but 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 one of the interesting things about salt is that it makes you more thirsty. And I was thinking in the context of what I believe he was talking about this morning, that that being salt, he's not talking about every person that comes into his office for for he owns his own uh, car repair business. If you need a good place to go to get your car fixed, you need to go to Brother Vernell Spriggs. Not to get a bargain, not to get a free repair. Oh, I got to stay off rabbit trails. But, but, but I, I got to thinking, I don't think what he was saying was, I'm being mindful that I'm salt. So every person that walks in my office, Acts 2.38 says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Receive and get the Holy Ghost. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. I'm being salt. No, no, no. Does that need to come at some point? Sure. Do people need to hear that? Sure. But that, that, that's, not, that's not necessarily what's going to make them thirsty. What's going to make them thirsty is when they walk into that office and the gifts of the Spirit that are not supposed to be limited to a sanctuary, the gifts of the Spirit that should operate anywhere and everywhere, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom are not limited to this building. In fact, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom should really only be what we practice here so we can use out there. But I think making somebody thirsty is just beginning just to touch a little bit. You know, hey, hey, I, I, I don't know what you look like. You may, may be down a little bit today. I just, I just want you to know there's some answers. There's some, you, you don't have to stick the whole thing down their throat that single moment. Just dab a little bit of salt because they might respond to you and say, you know, I, I've noticed you, you just kind of seem happy no matter what's going on. You, you just kind of seem upbeat no matter what the issues are. And, and and you just just sprinkle in a little salt. Just a little salt. Hmm, there's something different about them. But but I, I'm gonna say it again. I've already said it one of these last Sunday nights. To, 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 for people to think you're different, you gotta be different. You can't be cussing alongside of them and griping about everything with them and 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 chewing your boss upside down one side the other and and, and all of that. You you can't be doing that and being salt. I'm sorry, he didn't say you are lemons. Salt. 
I'm here to tell you tonight, you and I are what God spends to redeem man. Again, I know he paid the price and all that stuff, but now you and I are the salt that he uses as the currency to get men and women back who are bound by darkness, who are bound by addiction. Let me let me tell you what this. Some of you, you just boy, if if you got if you were just to get a word from God tonight, you'd you'd go do something. If you got a prophetic word tonight, you. I heard, I referenced it this morning, I was, the message Brother Morgan preached Friday night, again, we weren't there and I was listening to it yesterday, and, and he said this, this guy came to him, this evangelist came to him, or this, this young guy came to him and said, Brother Morgan, I want to come to your church and I want you to mentor, mentor me, be, and, and I'm called to be an evangelist, and he said, how do, you, how do you know you're called to be an evangelist, he said, because I, I went to Bible college and some people there prophesied to me and told me I was called to be an evangelist. So in, the, in a roundabout way through conversation, what he found out was this guy was ultimately thinking that because he was an evangelist, Brother Morgan was supposed to hire him full-time at the church. <laughs> so he, he told this guy, you need to go get a job. He said, no, I, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm called to be an evangelist. No, you need to go get a job. No, I'm called, why do you, I'm, because I, I prophesied. So Brother Morgan said he was sitting there in his office one day and, and having a conversation with this guy, and he looked across the, the, the desk from him or whatever and said, Thus saith the Lord unto you, you are not called to be an evangelist. And that guy responded and said, No, you can't say that. You, you can't. I, yeah, I can. Because you got to know you're called. You got to know your call. Because when you face the challenges you're going to face, when you go through some of the valleys you will go through, it's not going to be what somebody else says that's going to get you through. That may help be a confirmation, but you got to have something down inside of you that says, I know I've been called. I know I've been anointed. I know I have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. But we want to sit around and wait to do something when, until God spells everything out. Here I go again. I hope I don't scare you all off. I hope please, please don't stop emailing, texting, or talking to me. Please don't. Please don't. I just walk in in this evening and I went to get a tithe envelope from Brother Brad Hale. Where's he? Where's he at? I don't see. Oh, there he is hiding over there. I, I, I just went up to get an envelope from Brother Brad Hale. He said, "Hey, hey, I, I'll share something with you." He said. I just, I just a couple months ago, I just, I just had this strange impression. I was supposed to go get my my CDL. I don't really know why, but I just did. And so, guess what? He said, he said "You think? Well, what do you think about it?" I said, "Well, I, I know one thing. I think about that. We got vans that are sitting out there that never move spots out there." 15, 30 passenger vans that could be used for outreach and ministry and bringing people to celebrate recovery and, and other things like that that require, those require a CDL. So I don't know what the future holds, but Brother Brad, I'm just believing because you responded to a nudge from the Spirit and said, not only am I willing to spend, but I'm willing to be spent. That there are some things that God's going to open up. Because as I said earlier and kind of said it in the context of money but it's way bigger than money you can't outgive God and when you do your part God will do his part 
And so I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm almost done. Ooh, some of you don't like me tonight. Mm, it's all right. I wasn't, I wasn't hired to be popular. <laughs> Last thing, I think. I shouldn't say that because then for sure I'll say something else. But y'all know every one of you that teaches, preaches, whether that's from a pulpit, an oikos gathering, whatever else. Brother Morgan said something else in that message yesterday. He said he learned years ago that when he got a word from God and knew he had a word from God and he went to the pulpit to preach or teach, he he couldn't care less about what the congregation did or didn't do. Their response, I've made a lot of progress. Sister Tyler, if you're watching, I've made a lot of progress, but I'm not there fully. Boy, if you could ever have the confidence when you know God's giving you something, that it doesn't matter what people do or don't do. That, that. So I'm not trying to be mean tonight. I promise you, I'm not trying to be mean. And I, let, me, let me just tell you, 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 most of you don't know this, but let me tell you what happens after nights like this. I go home after services like this tonight, and I will spend probably the next several hours this evening beating myself up for everything I said and did tonight. I'm not looking for sympathy. I don't want you coming up to me after church, pat me on the back. I'm not, I'm not looking. I promise you I'm not fishing. I'll go out those doors right there when I put the mic down if that's what I need to do. I'm just telling you, I get no thrills. I get no kicks out of this. I like to be liked. I like to be loved. I like to be cherished. Thankfully, one person's always going to cherish me. So I, 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 of course, the odd thing is, you ever notice, oh man, I shouldn't say this, but you ever notice who gets mad? The only people that ever get mad, I'm sure there's nobody mad here tonight, so you're all good. The only people that ever get mad are the ones that got the issues and the problems. I've been preaching since I was 18 years old, 20 plus years now, almost three times a week. It boggles my mind. You get up and preach a message like this tonight, and the people that are killing themselves are the first ones that will come to the altar. And the people that are spending but not being spent sit there and go, boy, I knew they were preaching to him. I knew she should have responded. Anyway, that was all. So, so, so we, we, we're going someplace here. The next we, we've been going, but I'm, I'm a couple of weeks ago. Brother Mike McGurk and I were meeting, talking about some stuff, and he shared a vision that he felt like the Lord gave him. And I asked him to, as I said to you deacons this morning, I asked him to type it up and send it to me. I'm going to read it to you. He said, a few months ago, I had a vision of Antioch Central. The Lord showed me a bottle. It looked like a typical water bottle that was wide in body but narrow at the top. When I saw it in the vision, it was capped. When the bottle cap was removed, people started flowing out. Then the bottom of the bottle opened up. And the bottle started to fill up with more people. There was a massive influx that filled the bottle. Immediately, the Lord revealed to me that the bottle represented central. 
I heard these words in the Spirit. Central is capped until we start sending people out. I realized that the cap came off by sending people to start works and that there would be an expansion and influx of souls at Central. I believe the key is the principle of sowing and sending. When we do that, God will give Central a great harvest. See, I, I'm going to be transparent with you. I always try to be, but I'm going to be transparent with you. It's, it, 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 I, don't, I don't have special flesh. I, I, don't have, I don't have flesh that's any different than your flesh. And my flesh gets in the way of me just like yours gets in the way of you. And, and, and you know, we, man, we, anybody remember 26? Those of you, I know some of you were at Daughter Works when we started, but anybody, anybody remember 2016? And, and when, we, when we first became Antioch Central... And, and my wife and my kids and several other people, they would come up here on Sunday mornings and lead worship. And then immediately, as soon as they could leave from worship, they would all go downstairs to do Sunday school. Because a, a, a good portion of people that were in Sunday school, when all of that happened, went to other congregations. Anybody remember that? I don't know if you all remember. We've come a, we've come a little ways. And, and 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 man, those those first that first year at least, maybe two years, we came in on Sunday mornings and we all fit in the first half of the building. We literally didn't use the back half. And now, I mean, we're not full, and you know, we all like to spread out and have our space. But we're, we're, we 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 we've we've kind of managed to. It doesn't look as man. It was. Y'all had, you were looking up here. It was kind of tough standing up here looking out there and seeing a half-empty sanctuary. And it, it's kind of nice where we are, but even at that, you, you may not know it, but there's still some areas that, 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 that things are limited, and, 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 and we got people doing multiple jobs, and so it's kind of like, you know, Lord, we, we kind of got some, you know, a little bit of momentum. Can we please? But I believe... Sowing, again, is not just to do with your finances. Sowing is, there's certain areas that we're okay with sowing. There's certain ways we're okay with sowing, but, but, but sowing's not only the ways we're comfortable in sowing. And I, I believe we, I believe we, anybody here last December, the first service that Brother Herring was here, anybody here last, remember that service at all was back, back in December, he was here one Thursday night, that was all he could be here and, and he, he shared a vision that night of what he saw and, and cells, this was a positive sense, but cells that were breaking off and multiplying and dividing. And, and man, throughout the first couple of months of this year when he was here preaching things, and, and there's, there's a number of you that came and stood right up here that you, you believe you're called to be church planters. And, and, and we've been waiting and we've been... I mean, I... I got to be honest, I really don't want to accept that what Brother Mike shared is from the Lord. Nope, sorry, you missed that one. But, but I'd be wrong. I can't just determine, Brother Barr, how we spend at Antioch Central. 
I, I can't just dictate the terms of spending. It's got to be what God dictates. And trust that the laws of sowing and reaping will not fail. Acts chapter 13, I'm almost done. Acts chapter 13 and verse number 1 says this. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Lord, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. They sent them away. I'm going to just insert here. If you, those of you that believe you're called, called to church planting or some other, you, you believe you've got some other callings, don't, don't you decide to just sit around and wait until what I'm about to do happens to you. This, this is only an indicator to show where we are and what God wants to do. This isn't, this isn't going to be everybody's way of doing it. This isn't going to be the way it happens for everybody. But, but partly as a response to what I believe. I, I don't just believe God speaks through Mark Morgan and Lee Stone King and J.J. Bourne and Scott Shelton. and I don't mean that disrespectfully. But, but I believe God speaks through people here just as much as He... I believe people here have visions that are just as valid as those visions. I know some people elevate others over others, but... But but, I don't think you find that in Scripture. And so I, I'm just telling you, some of you, God's waiting on you. You think you're, but God's waiting on you. You and I are God's currency. To choose to spend how, when, where He decides. For I think well over a year now, Brother Mike, you and I have had conversations, several of them in my office of some things he was feeling and some tugs he was feeling that may not really have fit the path, the expectations. But he hadn't been able to get away from it. As much as I've wanted to get away from it, I haven't been able to get away from it. So, Brother Mike, Sister Melissa, I want you to come stand down front. We're getting ready to practice these verses. Brother and Sister McGurk, I don't have all the specifics. That's the other challenge we have. We like to wait until God tells us every detail before we step. The way God usually works is you step, I'll give you more direction. Take another step, I'll give you more direction. 
take another step. The Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It didn't say the weeks and the months and the years. It said the step. you got to be willing to take a step with whatever direction you have, and then God will give you more direction. So we don't have every, every I dotted and every T crossed, but, but, but tonight is, 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 is the major step. And so over the course of the next little bit here, Brother and Sister McGurk are going to be transitioning their focus, and they are going to be leading the charge of establishing a new daughter work in College Park, not just campus ministry. We've had campus ministry. In fact, Brother McGurk, kind of kind of interesting how God works. Brother McGurk was the one that led the charge in starting campus ministry at UMD several years ago, and now God is bringing him full circle and 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 using going to use him. And there's going to be some others, but is going to use him. And so tonight, as a response, not only to the word that I believe God gave him and what they're feeling. I'm getting ready to anoint them. We are separating. It's not Paul and Barnabas tonight, but we're separating Mike and Melissa, and we're going to give them a charge to go forth. But I'm going to tell you what also I'm going to look for to happen. That in, as I be, You don't have to wait, but as I begin to pray for them, I'm going to trust and believe that there is going to be a move of the Holy Ghost that moves through this sanctuary, and there's going to be some of you, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. I believe there's some of you, you're already committed. You're already dedicated. You're already sold out. But there's just going to be another commitment. And maybe it's going to be a little bit more than because I don't know about you, but I've found that, that it seems like every time I go through a significant commitment, it was actually a little bit more than the last one, even though I thought the last one was all of it. And so I believe there's going to be some of you that the Holy Ghost is going to touch. And you're going to once again say, God, I'm not just willing to spend. I'm not just willing to dictate what I do and I'll do whatever I do on my terms. But there's going to be some people once again that say, God, spend me how, when, where you decide. And I believe there's going to be some others of you tonight that maybe you've never really done it before, but you're going to feel that tug and you're going to make your way to this altar and present yourself a living sacrifice to say, God, here I am. Spend me. I want to be salt. I don't want just a little bit of salt in my life. I want to be salt. I want to be light, whatever that is whatever that is in the name of Jesus 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 Father by the power of your spirit tonight according to the calling according to the burden that is rested on these lives we separate these lives tonight for a new and a fresh purpose God in the name of the Lord Jesus God as a demonstration tonight that we're not here for keeping and holding and and accumulating but we want to be ascending we want to be a spending church we want to be a church that you decide how, where, when we spend God every question every uncertainty that there may be you've got every answer you've got every step ordered you've got every detail worked out I speak peace tonight I speak assurance tonight I speak confidence tonight that you are ordering the steps of these lives Lord in a new direction in a new dimension in the name of Jesus Christ Yeah, ya
We're not just willing to spend, God. We're willing to be spent. We're not just willing to go where we want to go. We're not going to dictate where we go. We're willing, God, for you. We're willing for you to decide. We're willing for you to lead. You direct, God. Spend me. Spend me. Spend me, God. I want to be salt. I want to be salt, God, that you use. I want to be salt that you use, God. I don't want to just use you as the salt to flavor me. I want to be your salt. I want to be currency that you can spend wherever, whenever, however. God, I pray right now that there would be other callings, that there would be other direction that is given tonight. I pray, God, right now that there would be other direction that is given to those that are hungry tonight to be spent. God, those that want to be spent, those that have a hunger and a desire and are willing to be a living sacrifice, God, give some direction, order some steps. It's not my terms, God. It's not my terms to dictate where you use me, how you use me, when you use me. I'm not, I'm not negotiating with you, God. I'm not going to negotiate with you, God. Spend me. Spend me, God. Spend me, God. Nevertheless, I want to pray the same prayer you prayed, Jesus. I want to pray the same prayer that you had to pray, even as the Son of God. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You tell me where, God. I'm not going to tell you where. You tell me where you want me to go, God. I'm not going to dictate to you where I'm willing to go. You spin me where you want to spin me. God, if you want to spin me in some way that nobody ever knows my name, if you want to spin me in a way, God, that nobody ever recognizes my name, but if that's how you want to spend me, then spend me, God. Not my will, not my will, but your will. don't belong to me you've already redeemed me so use me to redeem others God you've already done everything necessary to redeem me so now I want you to use me to redeem others God 
Spend me. Spend me for your purpose. Spend me for your kingdom's sake. Spend me, spend me, spend me, spend me. Spend me wherever you want to spend me, God. Shake me as your salt wherever you want to shake me, God. Karamanda Karamanda ya to robo that are still praying and I maybe in a moment some of you will continue but I just I, I got a couple of things I really feel to say first of all this is this is this is what I trust and believe is my my shepherd's heart as I've been told I've had I want, you, I want some of you to hear me please some of you are going through some things right now. You're dealing with stuff. God, God knows exactly where you are. 
was one one place in scripture where where the Lord told the disciples you need to we're, we're going to go aside into the wilderness the wilderness wasn't at least in the, in the in the Greek meaning of the word it wasn't necessarily I don't think it was necessarily meant to be this desolate terrible place because that word wilderness means a quiet place and, and the Bible said he, he the Lord took the disciples aside to rest and in, in fact, in, in that passage, it says it said they had been doing so much and going so much. They hadn't even, they hadn't even been stopping to eat. They were just going, going, going. And, and please hear me tonight. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I, I know when I'm apologizing. I don't mean this as an apology. I feel this in my heart. I feel this, I, 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 again, as the shepherd of this congregation. There's some of you, you're in a season right now that, that actually, it's perfectly okay if you're not in this altar. Because God may have some of you in a place where He's put you aside to rest a little bit. Now, there's a, there'll be a day that comes when you've got to get out of that wilderness. So I'm just, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't, I don't want some of you leaving here battling condemnation or being mad at me for some of you need to leave mad at me there's some of you you don't God knows exactly where you are he knows and and, and, and go, go home and reread Ecclesiastes 3 there is a time and a season I believe those of you that are in this altar you, you need to be here I just, I really, I, I, I feel to, to say that, and I hope some of you will hear me. Some of you, God's got you in a season right now where He's working on healing some things and doing some things. That, again, as long as when the time comes to get out of the wilderness, you come out of the wilderness. But if that's where God's got you right now, that's fine. That, that, that's one thing I want to say. And, and there, there's two more things at this point. I want some of you to I want some of you to hear me. You can't you can't make this happen. It's got to be a God thing. But but if, if you don't get the gist of part of what's happening here tonight, the, the McGurks aren't leaving Antioch Central. They're not leaving Antioch. They're, they're not going anywhere. They're, but but just like we've started other daughter works, that that's that's going to become their primary focus. And and there's a lot of things. Some things you see and other things you don't see. has used, consistently used Brother McGurk in the gifts of the Spirit and numerous times through the years of Antioch Central's history God's spoken things to him he shared with me and things he's seen that have been absolutely vital and so, so listen to me what that does is that creates space which this, this point kind of ties into my next point all of you here tonight are not called to be sent someplace else. Some of we're all called to be sent, but some of us are called to be sent here. The point is that you're just willing to be sent wherever being sent. So I, I want you to some of you need to understand when God does things like this tonight. It's also because there's others of you 
He's getting ready to elevate. Maybe not by a title. Maybe not by a title. But but by gifting and anointing and so every time God moves somebody into a new area, that means there's others that God's looking to move to another level. And again, I, I'm not being facetious. I, I don't need it. I don't need all of you deciding tonight. You're you're sent someplace else. I haven't been sent someplace else. All of you ain't getting sent someplace else. But God is sending us. I, I, I'm not gonna. I, I don't. I don't feel at liberty to really go into it. But I'm just gonna tell you, just, just in just in the last. Um, I know two. Maybe it's been three. But just in. I know in the last two weeks. I'm telling you, there are some things that 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 are a, a confirmation to me. Some things that have happened, some things that are going on that are a confirmation, Brother Middleton, of where we are and what God's doing and, and, and where we're going. I, I know this gets said, and I, I don't know about you, sometimes I struggle when people say it, and it's like, yeah, sure, whatever, it sounds kind of trite, but I'm, I'm, I don't mean it to be trite tonight. I say it with absolute confidence, the best the best is not in our past the best of what God has for Antioch as a whole and the best of what God has for this congregation is not behind us, it's in front of us and we are moving into it I believe this season we're in God is is stirring some things up and and again there, there, there have been several things that have just, people have shared or things I've observed from Self that are just they're, 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 they're witnesses, they're confirmations of what God is doing. And can, can I challenge somebody else? I, I, I had two things, three things, but here, here we go. I, I want to challenge somebody else tonight. I don't know who you are, and it's probably more than one person. Paul says this forgetting those things which are behind I press towards the mark some of you got some things that are behind you that are nagging on you you need to make up your mind I'm going to forget the failures the disappointments I, 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 I want to say I said this to the deacons I told you earlier I shouldn't say that was the last thing I was going to share from Brother Morgan I shared this with the deacons yesterday some of you that weren't on that deacons call and you're not deacons you need to hear me right now you you need to hear me right now he made this statement what an absolutely powerful statement he said God knows I'm I'm not stuttering and I'm not messing up hear me he said God knows the measure of failure that every one of us need 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 the very thing that some of you are battling with that you think is disqualifying you God purposely allowed it because you needed it 
the very one he gave the keys to the kingdom to, he said, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. And I prayed that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, Peter failed, but God knew. One of the very basic, re- basic reasons why we all need some element of failure is because when you get to where God fulfills what He's going to do through you, you need to remember, I didn't get here by myself. I didn't get here because I earned this or deserve this. I got here by the grace and the mercy of God. I got here not by my righteousness, but by His righteousness. There's some of you here tonight, the enemy has convinced you your best days are way in the past and you have forfeited what God has for you. And I'm telling you tonight, God still wants to spend you in ways above and beyond what you think is even possible. Just lift your hands and close your eyes for just another moment. If you, if you have anything you feel to say, that's, that's fine. Say it. But I just, I just want to pray for another moment over all of us. If you would, just Father, right now. God, you see all of these hungry, willing hearts tonight. All of these precious people, God, that are not just wanting you to be the salt in their life, but they are wanting to be the salt that you've called us to be. By your grace, God. By your strength, by your help. Help us to walk in that tonight. God, I I pray. I pray tonight. God, I've prayed this before, but I pray it again tonight that the the, the voice, the accusations of the enemy that war against our minds and try to convince us we're unqualified or disqualified from being who you've called us to be and doing what you've called us to be. God, I pray that that voice would be silenced and we would once again remember the fact that your blood covers and your righteousness covers. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I will be what you've called me to be. I say just make that commitment alone tonight. Why don't you join hands or put an arm around somebody if it's a spouse or a friend or whatever that's fine. I will be what you've called me to be I say yes Lord I agree 
I desire passionately is to be what you've called me to be. That's what I'll be. We're going to sing that again in just a moment, but I got to do this. Brother, Brother Alan McGuckin, would you help me out, please? Would you, would you go back there to Brother Aris? Brother, Brother Aris, for, I hate to admit this really, but for several months now, several different services. And, and hopefully I haven't messed up. It's just just the right timing. Brother Harris, God didn't do what He's done for you and your health in the last couple of years simply for you to just be saved. God's got a purpose and a plan to use you that I think is bigger than you have any idea of. And the enemy wants you to just be content with God saved your life and saved you. But God's got something bigger. Brother Barr, would you go back there too? I want you, brethren, just to join together right now. You, you don't have to force it, Brother Harris. It's not what you've got to make happen. You just, you just got to be surrendered to it. But God's got some things that He wants to do through your life that are bigger than what you have imagined to be. I know, I know you're not a spring chicken anymore. But God's ordained some things for your life that He's going to do through you. In the name of Jesus, I say yes. Lord, I agree my desire. Come on, if what I just said to Brother Aris rings true in your spirit, you're welcome to go ahead and just take a hold of it and make it yours as well. I think there's probably a few other people here that you've kind of just, you, you, the enemy's got you in a mindset that, that you're just, you're just, you're going to be saved, but that, that's really all there is, is just to be saved. But what God's got planned for you is beyond just simply being saved. My desire passionately is to be what you've called me to be. Oh, that's what I'll be. What you've called me to be. I say yes. Come on. Come on. Don't just don't just say the words of a song right now. I know you've already prayed it, but would you just just another moment or two, just kind of marinate in it. Come on, just kind of soak in it for a few more moments here. I want to be what you've called me to be. Oh, that's what I'll be. I will be. Called me to be. I say yes, Lord. I agree. 
my desire passionately is to be what you've called me to be. Oh, that's what can I, I I'm, I'm really, I'm not trying to drag this out, but let me just interrupt for one more moment. I think, I think there's somebody else that needs to to do what I've needed to do once again and that is God I will be what you've called me to be meaning not just what I want to be again just being transparent when I when I go to places like I did this past week and I go to conferences like that and, and I sit and the guys are in the pulpit and preaching There's a part of me, Brother Brown, that's got to get back on the altar again. There's a part of me that's got to die out again. Because that's... If that's not what God's called me to be, even if I did that, that's not success. Success is being not what others have been called to be. Hello... Success is not being what you've determined you're going to be. Success is being what God has called you to be. And the bottom line is this. That's all that you have to be. You don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to do it. You just need to be who you were called to be. So... So would you would you sing it again? And some of you would you sing it in that context again? I'm gonna be what you have called me to be. I wanna be what you have called me to be. In the name of Jesus, I will be what you called me to be. I say yes, Lord, I agree, my desire passionately is to be what you've called me to be, oh, that's what I'll be. I will be what you've called me to be. I say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you've called me to be. That's what I'll be. If you want to go or need to go, you're welcome to go. Come on, if you still feel that gentle.